This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. I'm back for week eight. Um, If you didn't see my Instagram story on Saturday, uh, you know, I basically just said that I had a lot of work to do uh, for my day job. It was a busy work week. Um, Also had some family stuff going on. So I just wanted to kind of take care of all that. Um, But yeah, I'm back for this week. Uh, Hopefully your week seven went well without me. I'm sure you guys... Uh, probably had a better week this week. Didn't listen to my advice, but um, but let's get let's get right into. It. I want to talk about the games yesterday, um, and unfortunately, want to start with some bad news about OBJ. So OBJ did confirm to Josina Anderson that he tore his ACL, so he's out for the year, unfortunately. And he was having a good year. Um, he he was healthy. You know, he worked this off season. You know, if you look at his YouTube vlog. That's where I get my fantasy data from <laughs> for OBJ. Uh, he was working. He was busting his ass to make his way back and get his body right. You know what I'm saying? And and he looked good this year. Uh, unfortunately, you know, th- this freak injury had to happen to him uh, while he had a major role in this offense, a very important role in this offense. You know what I'm saying? In the Kevin Stefanski offense. Like, he wasn't getting that crazy volume, but very efficient targets off of that play action. And now... Now that he's out, Rashard Higgins should assume that role. And he did assume that role yesterday. Uh, OBJ only ran one one route. Uh, Rashard Higgins ran 28 routes to Landry's 26. Um, and he's the one playing that intermediate to deep, you know, play action role. Um, so I'll spend up to 10% on him, maybe more if I need a wide receiver. He could be a wide receiver three moving forward. Uh, Gio Bernard without Joe Mixon had 18 opportunities in this game, caught all five of his targets for 59 yards, caught that touchdown, that go-ahead touchdown late in the game, uh, proved not to be the game winner, um, but he played 76% of snaps in this game, that's 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 more than four of Joe Mixon's healthy five games, does that make sense? That was more than four of Joe Mixon's games. Because, you know, Joe Mix- Gio was basically playing that passing down role, and he got the Joe Mixon role on top of that, basically. He didn't have as many rushing attempts, but he was on the field uh, more than Joe Mixon was in most of his games. So um, don't drop him just yet. Joe Mixon, low-end, you know, borderline RB1, high-end RB2, again, just like he was coming into this week. Um, so, yeah, so don't drop him just yet. Joe Mixon could be out for another week. Jamal Williams saw 24 opportunities uh, in his 89% of snaps uh, without uh, without Aaron Jones there. So he was like the guy, the bell cow, while Aaron Jones was out. Um, and he did his thing. Now, uh, there's more likely, there's, there's, it's more likely that Aaron Jones does uh, play in week eight. I think he was relatively close last week. Uh, but you never know with the Packers medical staff. They're known to be conservative. I'm not going to drop Jamal Williams just yet. You know, as soon as like, you know, Aaron Jones practices in full at that point. Yeah, sure. Uh, but for now, like, I'm going to keep him on my roster just in case because uh, you don't want to miss out on that type of role on this offense against the Vikings next week, you know, if Aaron Jones were to miss again. 
I hope you were able to buy low on Deontay Johnson while you could because he is the wide receiver one on the Steelers. Uh, he had 15 targets in this game, 30% target share in every game that he was healthy, all three, right? Um, he had 15 targets in this game, did his thing, two touchdowns, nine, nine catches. Um, ben, lo- ben is looking for him constantly. Uh, he's not a perfect product either. If you watch these games, like he makes a little mistakes here and there, but he's, they're looking for him and they know what kind of guy they have in him. Um, so he, him and Juju ran the most number of routes. They ran a full complement of routes. Um, James, James Washington was relegated as suspected. And we talked about this after Claypool's big week. And what I suspected happened where Claypool basically won the job over James Washington and three wide receiver sets. Uh, Claypool is the guy. He ran, I think, 20 more routes than James Washington did. I think it was 30 to 10. So he's still viable. One target wasn't great, uh, but I'm not dropping him and I'm trading for him. So with Leonard Fournette back this week, he was their main running back in week seven. Um, This game was kind of like over right throughout, like they were ahead the entire game. So it's worth looking at the first half usage. In the first half, Fournette has 69% of the snaps, um, 11 opportunities. Um, And, you know, that's a big chunk considering, you know, Ronald Jones was doing his thing, you know, while Fournette was hobbled with that ankle injury. Um, But Bruce Arians... It seems like he's he wants to go towards um, seven targets for Fournette in this game. And that's where the difference is, right? So he can potentially be used regardless, even if this is a timeshare, as like a low-end RB2 right now. Um, so we'll see if that, that, that keeps on happening moving forward. All right, so let's talk about how Antonio Brown potentially affects this whole entire Bucks offense, including Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and all that. So Mike Evans just had a two-target game, right? He was a, a decoy the entire game, right? Like... He he actually ran more routes out of the slot in this game um, than he's had than he had all season long. Him and Chris Godwin were kind of playing interchangeable roles, but Chris Godwin was the one getting targets. Now, with AB coming into the fold, I think they run a shit ton of eleven personnel, three wide receiver sets. Um, or I think the fourth they were running uh, twelve personnel, two wide receiver sets at the highest rate in no the fourth highest rate in the league um, at like twenty eight percent. So nothing crazy, but I think. With AB coming in, they're going to run a shit ton of three-wide receiver. There's no reason to have Gowan or I'm not selling Mike Evans after a two-target game, right? Like, I'd rather keep Mike Evans right now, wait to see what happens. I don't think he turns into a pumpkin. I don't, I don't think Chris Gowan turns into a pumpkin. And I do think Antonio Brown has the upside of being the wide receiver one on the Bucks. I do think that's his upside. I don't think he's washed. He didn't show any, any, he didn't show any signs of that last year. As soon as he joined uh, the Patriots for that one game against the Dolphins, like, Brady was just looking for him. I think he had five catches on that drive and the touchdown. Like, he was just like, boom, Brady to Antonio. Boom, boom, boom. It was just easy. Um, and they had a connection, instant connection. It was a small sample size. But, you know, when Bruce Arians says that Tom Brady had nothing to do with this, I mean, there's a little, you know, a little crack of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, he definitely had a big part uh, in getting Antonio Brown the buck. So, um, that... It's a very likely scenario where AB, you know, becomes like an instant wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside. And with AB in town, right, like you're not going to have defenses just focus on Mike Evans. You're not going to have them just focus on AB. Like it's going to be tough for defenses to pick and choose. You can't have two safeties over the top on every single play. Chris Godwin's going to be wide open on every single play then. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be. Uh, they might not be consistent every single week. Like, this might be a Mike Evans week. This might be an AB week or Chris Godwin week. You know, a week where two of them pop off. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's more likely. Um, 
But I don't think these guys, like I said, turn into pumpkins. I think they are potential, you know, they're going to be ranked in the wide receiver two range most weeks, I think, um, with a little bit of inconsistency. Um, but it doesn't ruin their value. Moving on, uh, Debo Samuel appeared to suffer a hamstring injury. Um, he'll be out for at least a week. Um, but I would assume they keep him out through the week 11 bye just because it's a soft tissue injury. Um, you know, they didn't want to rush him back like the week before the bye. Like, why not just give him the extra week? I don't know. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, he he led the team. Well, he tied with Kittle with seven targets. He caught six balls for over 100 yards. Uh, and he sees Seattle next week. So he's a great pickup this week. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's possible that you could have him for several weeks if they choose to, to keep Debo out, um, you know, until week 12. So there were two, by the way, last night's game was awesome. Uh, but there were two running back injuries, um, for one for the Seahawks, one for the Cardinals. So starting with the Seahawks, Chris Carson has a mid-foot sprain, according to Pete Carroll. Um, Carlos Hyde is the next man up. He saw, I think, 15 carries in this game. Um, now, he sees the 49ers next week. Not a great matchup on the ground. I'm assuming the Seahawks just choose to, you know, air the ball out, right, against the 49ers defense. Um what is Chris Carson really going to do? Is he going to get volume? Um, you're kind of praying for a goal line touchdown. This is a good offense, so he could see that, and he could get that opportunity. Um, but DJ Dallas um, and uh, Travis Homer, they're both very involved in this game after Carson left. Uh, and who knows if Carson will even miss a game. We won't know. We won't know how, what, the, like, you know, what the extent of the injury is as far as how many weeks he'll miss. Uh, when waivers run, most likely. So um, I'm not spending too much on high, maybe 10, 15% at most. It might be Chase Edmonds' time in Arizona. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, suffered an ankle injury. The x-rays came back negative, but he's going to get an MRI today. My guess, it's like a, like a high ankle sprain. That's that's my guess. And I'm assuming he's going to miss some time. Uh, if it's a high ankle sprain, you got you, you would have to assume three plus weeks. And if if um, Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy for three-plus weeks, he's going to win that job. He's the guy. You, you saw when Kenyon Drake left the game, Chase Edmonds, like, he was getting the ball and he was doing his thing. Um, he's going to be a big part of this offense, and I feel like the upside is just like he's just oozing with upside. Uh, he has RB1 upside, obviously, with Drake out. He was already very involved in the passing game. Now he's going to get some work in the run game. And, uh, yeah, the sky's the limit. 